0: underway here on a Thursday afternoon on News Radio 570 WDKBN with uh, The Legal Show. Any legal questions you might have? We take on all comers here, 330-729-9977, 330-729-9977, we'll get you through to us. And uh, get you on the with the attorneys, you got a legal question, anything under the sun, give us a call right now, whether that's auto accidents, speeding tickets, disputes, whatever it might be, 330-729-9977, 330-729-9977, we'll get you through to us. On any legal problems that you might have—divorce, bums and as child supports—there's so much that could be going on. We'll try to get you some answers as we go along here this afternoon. And so, we welcome to the program. Let's go to the law firm of Beatrice, Cop, and Arshman on the end of my line. Uh, let's uh, see, uh, Justin Marcota, are you with us tonight? I hear crickets. Hello. Well, that doesn't sound too good.
1: <laughs> Ron, this is Mark. I'm here.
0: All right, Mark. It's good to hear you. All right. Uh, 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 it sounds like we're broadcasting live from the woods. Uh, Mark uh, Mark DeVecchio, the great uh, family law lawyer, is there. Good, Mark. Nice to hear you. And uh,
1: I I'm, I'm here. I'm ready for the call, Ron. I stepped up. All right. Just me and the cricket. Me and the cricket.
0: Just you and the crickets. So we don't have Beatrice? We don't have. We don't. We don't have Justin Marcota. We don't. We have the. We have the dean of the family law end of it, the one and only attorney, Mark DeVecchio, who does child support, divorce, custody issues. But Mark, you've done other stuff in the law too. I mean, you know, obviously at the firm you deal with the family law issues, but uh, but uh, before joining the firm, you you practiced in a lot of other areas in addition to that, right?
1: Absolutely. I had a general practice for 25 years. I did a lot of criminal defense. I did a lot of OVI defense. I did some personal injury. You know, when you're in private practice, you're in general practice, and you have family to support, uh, you take any case that comes across your death. So I did it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so, and most lawyers still do a lot of that uh that's that's going on now. I mean, there's some lawyers that specialize, like when I say specialize, mainly in like estate planning areas or patent law. There's there's certain areas that have a certain degree of specialty to them. Correct?
1: Yes, I would agree for sure. Um, you know, typically lawyers are finding their niche, and I know a lot of lawyers that you know practice mostly probate law or practice mostly domestic or mostly criminal. But, you know,
0: sometimes you've got to put on a lot of hats. And speaking of a lot of hats, we just had another one join us here. entertainment law, too, Ron. All right, there he is, <laughs> the, 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 dean, the dean of the firm. Everybody get nice and close to our speakers so we can hear you nice and clear so we don't get so much echo. Attorney David Beatrice is now joining us, who mainly practices, Mark, before I turn it over to the dean here. D- Dave mainly does most of the, what would you say, litigation and criminal aspect of uh, of. Uh, the, at the firm.
1: Dave does everything. Uh, but yes, he's 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 a litigator. He, he tries a lot of the criminal cases. He's involved in the personal injury. Uh, he's he, like, Plus I do the radio show every Thursday.
0: And don't forget the television every Friday morning. Dave, has, has it become more difficult over the years on personal injury cases? Was it easier 10 years ago than it is today?
2: Oh God. Yeah.
0: Why is that?
2: They just changed the laws to to hurt the victims, to be honest with you. They usually, it, it, the legislature has changed the laws. Do you think those laws benefit the consumer or the insurance company? If you had a bet, what do you think uh, benefited from the law?
0: Well, I would say that probably the lobbyists for the insurance companies went down and lobbied in their best interest. Would that be a safe guess? That
2: would be a very safe
0: guess. And so, and so, the cases—what the insurance company doesn't want to settle anymore—they take more stuff to court, or how has it become a disadvantage?
2: Well, um, they have taken. All right, so say an insur- a, a, a provider charges you three thousand dollars for a service, and the insurance company pays them a thousand because they have a cut, deal cut. Well. Now, under Ohio law, that person technically only owes you 1000 not what the reasonable customary fee is, but the $1,000 that they actually had to take from the insurance company. So it's almost as a disadvantage now to have insurance, because, you know, you're in, what the insurance pays and what the bill is is not sometimes the same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, it it definitely has changed. Uh, Dave, uh, let's take that call online, too. Can we check in and see what that is? And then callers, if you have some questions, 330-729-9977 will get you through to us and on board with our attorneys tonight to answer or to ask any specific question that uh, you might have. All right, let's go to, uh, let me get this all set up here. Tom, you're on the air with the attorneys. Hello.
3: Hello. Yes, go
0: ahead. Yeah.
3: Yes. I, I just have a question. Uh, I appreciate your time. I was, uh, my my father is uh, 87 years old and we're putting him in, we have to put him in assisted living. And uh, with his finances, uh, he's going to end up with like 120 bucks a month afterwards. But the problem is he uh, is upside down on his car. And, uh, he owes more than the car is worth. He bought a new car uh, a couple of months ago, or I'm sorry, two years ago. And uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, the The thing is, I, I, I don't understand what we should do to, to make everything right, make sure everything's paid off correctly, and I'm not sure what I should do. If you could help me with that, I'd truly appreciate it.
0: All right, stand by for a second. Just a few questions to help the attorneys. How old's your father? He's 87. All right. And you're saying once he pays for the his facility that he's in and pays his bills, he'll have $120 left. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Is he paying for the nursing home? or What's he in assisted living, did you say? Assisted living, sir. Who's paying for that? Is he paying for that?
3: Yes, he's paying for it as well as he's getting some assistance from the VA.
0: All right, and then when he pays all he bills, he has 120 bucks left, and he has a car he can't afford to make a payment on. What should he do, David?
1: Well, my suggestion: at 87 years old, I don't think he needs the use of a car. Am I correct? He's—I don't think he's not driving if he's in assisted living, and I don't think no, he's, sir, he's not. All right. Well, I, let him repossess the car. I mean, the, you can't get blood from a rock. Let him take the car. And let him go after your father if he's not collectible. So uh, really, and he doesn't worry, he, has, he really doesn't have to worry about protecting his credit rating at 87 years old. So I would suggest okay. you to stop paying, Let tell him to come and repossess it, and you know, let them chase your father to get payment. And that's my suggestion.
0: When, but when you say that, Joe, no, hang on a second, call. when you say that, Mark, uh, he, he should definitely call the lender and say that his situation has changed, right, and that he's going in assisted living and he can no longer afford the car and notify them to come get the car. I mean.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, telling telling the lender that his situation has changed, they don't care. They want their money. So you call them and you say, I can't pay it, depending on if you have any equity in the car. And by that I mean if the car is worth more than you owe on it, Maybe you could sell it to a third party. Maybe you could broker a deal and come out and try to break even, but that doesn't yeah. happen. That's only in a perfect scenario. So
0: yes. I would call he's upside the- down on it. All right, how much? Do- how much does he owe caller roughly? About twenty eight thousand. Oh, okay. What kind of car is it? A Ferrari? It's a no, no,
3: sir. It's a it's a, it's a Ford. Uh- Escape or something,
4: you know, it's a small SUV.
0: All right. all right. I would
1: definitely call the bank, let them know that your father, you could even make the call. Your father's in assisted living. He's 87. He doesn't drive. Uh, they gave an 85-year-old a loan. Tell him to come get the yeah.
3: car. I understand <laughs> that. that. That's what. That's I what the I'm going to go with what that. But that
0: what's that, Tom? Go ahead, Tom.
3: I, I was concerned about them. Uh, you know he's he's going to have like 120 maybe 130 dollars, uh, for you know miscellaneous stuff. You know toiletries and stuff like that. Will they come after that on him?
1: Well, you know you. So have- he
3: won't have any money. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. You know, giving my dad my some money for for that kind of stuff. I, I mean, he's my dad. But the, the thing is, I just won't uh, uh, want them to make it. Tough on him, essentially.
0: All right. I understand what you've said. Mark, do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, I mean they're not gonna make it tough on him. They'll send him a letter, they'll send him a phone call. Um, but it it's it really shouldn't be his problem. They're not gonna take him out back and rough him up or break a thumb or anything. You know, so they're probably figuring out that if he passes, they'll go after his estate for what, what the what's owed. And if he has sufficient assets in the estate, maybe they might get something. But um, they'll probably sell that debt to a collection agency. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I hate to be the guy, the loan officer that approved that loan.
0: All right. Yeah. Tom, I wish you the best well, of luck. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I truly appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank Good you. Call. Thank you for your call. I think I I, th- I, I heard a hesitancy in a sense of, it almost sounds like he's worried if he's paying partially for his nursing home or his assisted living, getting some help from the VA, and his, will they come after those funds to, to, for the car payment? But more than likely, you're saying no, Mark. They're just going to come get the car and, to a certain yeah, but, extent, and, write it off.
1: Exactly. They're not, I mean, the man has to live. He's in assisted living. It would be cruel and unusual on a civil debt. To, to essentially take this man from the only place where he has any quality of life, um, I wouldn't worry about it. I You know, obviously some people, especially some older people that have had good credit their whole lives, they worry about their credit rating. But at this point in his life, there are more important things to worry about than his credit rating. And he should just, you know, write that one off and say, come and get the car. And his son didn't sign for it, so his son's not responsible for it
0: happens every day. People get, uh, lose their uh, even if they're not 85, people lose their cars and they get repossessed all the time because they can't make the payment or their situation changes. It's not uh it's it's not a a unique situation to that 85-year-old guy. Let's put it that way. And I'm sure there's others out there any of you other folks ever run into that situation with your parents or grandparents? If you got any advice for that guy, give us a call. Legal questions, we take them. 330 729 9977. I got three lines in Youngstown open for our attorneys. If you have any legal questions, they'll be with us till 6 tonight. 330 729 9977. That's 330 729 9977. That's the number that will get you through to us. We had to get you on the air with us here this afternoon. And any legal problems, like the last gentleman that you might have, we'll try to guide you in the right direction. To the best of our ability, three three zero seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven. With three lines in Youngstown open for our attorneys tonight. Attorney Mark DeVecchio and Attorney David Beatrice on News Radio five seventy WKVN. I see from a, a post that I just got, Attorney F. Lee Bailey. They say has died. Uh, died today. Wow. Is that right? I thought. Yeah, I, uh, they say that's breaking news. I thought he was dead years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> F. Lee Bailey. He's still on? He died
0: today. news <laughs>
1: Really? Wasn't he local? Wasn't he from? No.
2: You're thinking of uh,
0: Clarence Terrell. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, Boston Strangler? What were the other cases? Patricia Hurst defended uh, O.J. Ben, ben around. They really made his bones on the Sam Shepard case. Well, that's good. Hey. Uh, that goes way back for a lot of people. I mean, that, that's a long time ago.
1: Fugitive, you, right? The Fugitive Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean you're you're going way back on something like that. But I mean that guy had to be uh how old David was uh eighty seven years yeah. old. Uh and he yeah. and he pass, passed away today. But he practiced Was
2: the O. J. case? Nineties. Ninety what? Early nineties gotta be, right? So he was fifty seven
0: then? Yeah. I mean, you know he he just kept on practicing like you do, David.
2: Yeah, that's it. I'm going to die at my desk. I have no problem with that. F. Beatrice. That's me. <laughs> O.J. was in
0: 1994, David.
2: Wow. So that would have been, let's see, 27 years ago. He was 87. He would have been 60. 60 years
0: old. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I, I thought he was still pretty much on his game during that, didn't you? It didn't seem like he lost anything like that. And it's, what is there about, there's certain lawyers during certain times that seem like they, uh, on a national level, Dave, achieved some degree of fame and, and 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 greatness, if you will. They're just known as some of the best, like this guy, that have you been following this, I think his last name is Crump, he seems to be the, he's the black attorney that's representing a lot of the families that are involved with the disputes with I've the police.
2: He's made a lot of money, let
0: me <laughs> yeah and and it's like everybody like you know you see that Gloria Allred representing every sexual case that a woman was bringing against some Hollywood producer, and you see this crump he's representing every minority family with the police shooting, but I mean it seems right. like they 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 gravitate to the same person and it it certainly has brought him to a national attention or making him a yeah. household name to a certain extent
2: you're right, certain people. Just catch a wave and, and they get in a zone and right. Next thing you know, old Jed's a
0: millionaire. Yeah, if you take a look though, First I was trying to think of the uh, Johnny Cochran and you had uh, 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 the what was the guy's name? It was married Kardashian. to the Kardashian. Yeah, I mean those those yes, guys were
2: Ashley uh, Bailey, oh. uh, Gershawitz.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. they were always those, that? uh that uh, Beatrice. Let's go to Craig. Uh, Let's go to Craig next. You're on with the attorneys. Craig, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
3: Okay, a little bit of trivia. I actually think Sam Shepard lived in Girard, Ohio one time. Really? Yeah. Long before he uh, got in trouble. He lived on Broadway Street.
0: when you talk about Girard, wasn't there roots? uh, Who was the girl that was accused of killing her child? Um,
2: Jesse.
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about. Casey Anthony, yeah,
0: her family. No, was she was from Holland. Was she from, uh, well, she had family roots around this area is what I'm saying.
2: She did. It. You're right. All I right. don't know about that. But anyway, I'm
3: pretty was sure around. Sam Shepard Sam Shepherd lived on Broadway Avenue in Gerard, Ohio, a long time ago. Google it, and that's Gerard's claim to fame.
0: All right, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad you shared it with us. I thought he was out of Cleveland, though, David. What? When, the, yeah, when that's because uh, he went to Cleveland Heights High School. So I don't know where that guy's where, where, where that guy's coming from. But I know Casey Anthony has local roots, uh, or at least
2: he has local roots. And the lawyer that represented her, what, was her, what was that guy's name? Do you know he represented Alex Fernandez and got yeah. him, got yeah, him not guilty too.
1: Uh, I can see the guy. I'll
0: never hear his name. I know who you're talking about.
1: I don't know. Gerard, I, uh, Gerard's claim to fame is the Royal Garden.
0: The Royal Oaks. <laughs>
1: no, no, that's East Side. <laughs> oh. Royal Garden is in Gerard.
0: Oh, I thought... I, uh, no. Hey, listen, Gerard's claim to fame is a hot dog shop.
2: Yeah, there's some truth to that.
0: I mean, that's bu- that is the but that is the place that is always busy in Gerard, uh, as you know it. Yeah, the jib-jab. Are we getting back to normal in the courtrooms now that we've hit this June 2nd uh, mark where we can take uh, take the mask off and all that kind of stuff with the exception of doctors offices and airplanes? Is it getting uh, what's the read as far as Our going to court?
2: have lifted all the mask mandates at the county buildings, So you don't have to wear a mask anymore in any of the county buildings. And the judges are pretty much normal schedule. So I have a jury trial June 14th. That's supposed to start this past Monday, I mean, past Tuesday, but believe it or not, my client got COVID. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And, and to, uh, I was quarantined until I think it was today. And the judge was going to make me go to trial, and I go, "Well, how about you come down and sit next to him, and I'll sit on the bench? How about we do that?" Okay.
0: <laughs> so, so when that uh, when you go to court now, will both uh, will everybody be maskless, if you will? Yeah. All right. So things will definitely be back to normal. And will the jury be back in a jury box? Because that was another thing that bothered you. That's
1: out. My understanding of what they're going to do. All
0: yeah, right. Yeah, I mean
1: they're opening up stadiums to a hundred percent capacity, so you're you're packed in there too. Yeah.
0: Well, that's. I think you'll find that refreshing, won't you, Dave? You didn't like it the other way.
2: No, and uh, this past weekend for Memorial Day. I was up at Putin Bay, and Mad Dog Mike Adams, for anyone that goes up there and knows who he is, he put on a great show. The bar was packed for him, and uh, it was very good to be because he hasn't played, and you know he didn't play at all during COVID, right? he said he was in his basement, so he said, "Everyday above ground is a good day."
1: Well, right? speaking of that. We, uh, the house band came out The house band. at El Cowboy, and I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, we heard about your gig on, the, uh, on Ron's show, and we listen to Ron all the time, so you have a lot of people that follow you.
0: And, and, you had a good, and, and you had a good turnout, man, for the house band. That's excellent. People are longing to get out of the house and kind of get back to normal.
1: Oh, it felt good. It felt great.
0: Right. Even, bay, even Beatrice was at Putin bay and, and Dave, when you were in that uh, liquor establishment, were you maskless? Were you comfortable enough to take your mask off?
2: Yeah, I was. I'm I go- was. Uh, only because there was a storm that came from Friday that buried like half the island in, in water. There were 14-foot waves. Wow. On Lake Erie on Friday. 14-foot waves.
0: And you didn't, uh, you, you didn't take those on, did you?
2: Uh, no. Right. I've done nine-footers, though, in Lake Erie. That, that's not a fun ride, believe me. Yeah.
0: I think if it's a 14-foot wave, you should stay put until things calm down to a certain extent. Oh,
2: it, it was my, I had to walk through knee-high water to get to my boat. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was all tied down. I had every, I had every fender out. I'm there super- were boats that sank. Wow! They had like four boats sink. police officers had to rescue a family from their truck.
0: The, the wow! The, I'm the, surprised you didn't have John jar- over the break wall. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. We'll come right back with. Ronford. All right, let's get back to News Radio Five Seventy WDKBN. The great skipper on the end of our line, attorney David Beatrice, uh, as well as. Uh, Mark DeVecchio and Tim is next up. Tim, you're on the air with the attorneys tonight. Hello there.
5: Hi, I have a question. It's in regards to workers' comp. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I am an employer. I have an employee. Uh, first off, I'm also a sole proprietorship. Okay. I have an employee who injured his shoulder. He's going to probably require rotor cup surgery and stuff like that.
0: Let me, ask you, thinking- let, let me ask you a question before you go any further you you're a, you're the employer you're a sole yes. proprietor this is a person who works for you is that yes. person covered did you cover that person with workers yes. comp
5: okay definitely yeah he's covered all right and how so, did and one more one this
0: is one, let me ask you I'm another 60, question how yeah. did that person injure their rotor uh, rotator cuff
5: well he's a mechanic and on his body and Okay. Uh, a, a socket or a wrench slipped off of a bolt pulling back on it and it's just it was an injury before and it just pushed it over the edge where he's no longer able to work and he's got a knee so, surgery. Here's what
2: I know about shoulder injuries. Usually the trauma they'll have immediate pain. A rotator yeah. cup is a repetitive injury. If it comes from trauma, there is immediate onset. Okay, so well unless something fell on him or he had an immediate Trauma to it, a repetitive injury. Sometimes employees aren't so good with making those against the employer. Uh, okay, well, my my
5: concern right. is this. I got a question. Now, this is my concern. I'm 65 years old. I'm a sole proprietorship. I'm to the point where I could retire if I want to, but I have no desire to retire yet. The workers' comp came in where they issued his uh, weekly income, the X number of dollars. It came through with my name on it. If I were to choose to retire or, or what have you, you know, just you know close the company down, rent the building, or what have you, would I be personally responsible for any? any no, any, that's uh, the
2: whole thing. They, they pull it amongst all the employers. No, you so can. It's like okay. Any insurance fund. Yeah, well,
5: I was concerned. That I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll probably retire within a year or two or three. You know. do that, you'll break your marital vow. You no, retire. I won't do that
2: either.
5: No but, <laughs> but it, the thing with it is know, I saw the I saw the uh claim came through of my name personal name on it. You can run, you can't, so I'm not responsible retire, for that once Ron. I retire.
0: Wait a second. Yeah,
2: Ron, if you retire you break your marital vows. Uh,
0: how's that, David?
2: You said for better or for worse, you never said for lunch.
0: There you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> there we go, I broke it. But the bottom but anyway, so no.
2: I'm not on
5: the hook then no. like, like for some kind of payment no, workers no. call down the road. No. 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 Okay. But, I saw that in my mind, I thought, well, Well, I don't know who to ask, and I figured I'd ask you guys. And you got the answer. Thank you for the good answer.
0: Thank you. Don't worry about a thing. You'll be taken care of. Marianne, you're on the air with the attorneys here tonight on News Radio 570 WKBN. Hello there.
6: Hi. Uh, I have a problem you probably never heard about before. It's regarding a car. Okay. And this is my first time I've ever leased one, and uh, my three years are up on March the 13th, And what is happening, the back windows, it's a Buick Encore, and they're coming down gradually. I'm not making them come down. I'm not pressing on any buttons or anything, but nevertheless, they are coming down overwhelmingly in the back. And I took it in to uh, the dealership, and they said there is no code on that. And that they would not go into it without a code. So I took it to Sweeney, a second place, and they virtually said the same thing: that there is no code for the windows. So you're but saying, yes, oh, you're nevertheless, they're a coming down sometime all the way, sometime part way, and I can't uh, be driving around like right. that if it rains or if it's snowy or right. if it's. Uh, uh, whatever happens, I can't trust my person to park it somewhere. I can't
0: go to a movie. All right, we got it. We got it. We got it. All right. All right. So, David, uh, her windows are haunted.
2: Now, I don't give a rat. You know what? If it has a code or no code. Okay. It's a defective car. It's still under warranty, and they got to fix it.
6: They refuse to,
2: David. It okay, well, that's what you have court for. So go get it fixed. From someone that can, and then sue them in small claims court for the
0: difference. All right, hang on a second. Uh, just bear with me a second, attorneys, madam. Now, and don't be offended. All right, how old are you? I'm. A, I just
6: turned eighty
0: one. All right. Now, and I'm going to ask you a serious question. I don't want you to be offended. Uh, are Are you certain, with all the buttons and your elbow and everything that we have on vehicles today, that you're not hitting something at some time? Well, hey, I'm asking her, not you, that are you certain you're not hitting something that is bringing the windows down some of the time? Are you certain of that?
6: No, I've had this car like almost two and a half, almost two and a half years, not quite. All right. And it never happened till now. All right. And
0: when you go and speak, why don't you go and speak to the service manager, have you, and said, this is what happens when I'm driving this car, and what do you think the problem could be, and how do we remedy it?
6: I already did that, sir. I really did. In fact, I went in with a friend. Yeah. Two of us. Yeah. And we went in. Yeah, only to, the only uh, thing you can do is call a Duke, yeah. customer And they said there is no code. All uh, right, I, uh,
0: lady. I got all that. When's your lease up?
6: My lease is up March the thirteenth,
0: sir. All right. So that so the good news is, maybe you can get out of your lease early and trade the, and get rid of the car and get another car.
6: Uh, that's not what I try to do. All right. And the they said that, that there is, is no is the car thing? like mine on the line. All right. With this pandemic, they're not, they weren't making cars anymore.
0: All right. What, what do you want to, Dave to do for you? What do you want the attorneys I to do? I don't
6: know what I could do. I have a warranty that's no good.
0: All right. Thank you for but, your call. Go ahead, Dave. Okay. So,
6: yeah, the warranty is good. They're just not honoring it. Well, what could I do? You know, I'm not. Madam, 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 please, please, please please
0: be quiet, okay? Just be quiet. Now, now, Dave has said can you find somebody to fix it, or does everybody think you're crazy?
6: Nobody thinks I'm crazy, sir. Okay. Uh, Like I say, uh, they won't touch it. They say Uh that without a code, they cannot, they I don't will not. Care whether there's a I don't care
1: whether there's a code or not. Adrian. Yeah, you, you can call, call one of the consumer yeah. watchdogs, like the Attorney General's office, or some, and report that yes, they do.
0: All right, thanks, dear. I can't take it anymore. Right, you. Uh, News Radio 570, WDKVN. Let's go next to John. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir.
7: Uh, I belong to a book club, and I, you know, tell them what I want, and they send it to me. Well, the last time, it was about a year ago, they sent me some books that I didn't order. So I sent them back through the mail. Of course, I just put on their return to sender. I didn't go get a receipt from the post office. And they keep sending me a bill saying, you know, you owe this money, and they keep sending back, saying I already sent the books back. And the latest one I got said that uh, if I don't pay them, they're going to turn me over to collection. And I didn't know if there was anything more I could do.
0: You didn't order them.
7: I didn't order them, right. Did
1: you try to return them?
7: Yes, I returned them through the mail.
1: Well, in your book club, do they send you books monthly, like suggested readings, and where they make suggestions and send them to you, or do you pick them out?
7: I pick them out. They send me a card that says, here's some suggestions. Do you want them? And I'll call them and say, no, I don't want them. Or if I want so- them, I'll... Fill the thing why, out. And turn why are the color they saying in. you
2: still owe the money? Pardon me? Why are they saying you still owe the money?
7: Because they said they did not receive the books. Oh, that you mailed back. Right, right.
1: How much? How did you send the books back? He wrote return to sender.
7: Hey, I wrote return to sender on it and put it in the mailbox, and the mailman took it.
2: Have you talked to the post office about whether they can ret- track whether or not they got returned to sender?
7: They say they can't track that unless I have a uh, a receipt.
0: Yeah. And you don't. How much are the well, books? There you go. There's, how- there's
2: where the burden of proof comes in. Yep. You're going to say you mailed it. They're going to say they didn't receive it. And guess who's
0: got to make that call? Yeah. Yep. Judge. How much is uh, how much do they say you owe, caller?
7: Well, ap- after all the uh, you know late fees and stuff. It- Sixty-three ninety-six.
1: How much was postage?
7: Why well, didn't pay postage? up on a return to sender.
1: But if you would have paid postage,
7: I don't know. Honestly, I don't
0: know.
2: How much is your time worth? Pardon
0: me. What's uh, your time worth? Here's what David's asking you, caller, so you won't be stumped. You're you, okay. you're getting you're you're getting into a dilemma like this over sixty three dollars, and I think what David gotcha. is saying: how much is your time worth? Sometimes, instead of arguing it, pay him to sixty three dollars and move on with your life. I think that's what he's right. implying, and don't do it that right. way ever again. Get, get out of the book club, or next time you send them back, make sure that they that, that you send them so that they're tracked through the mail. Okay.
7: Oh yeah, I've already I've already said that. I just want to get another opinion. That's all. Right.
2: Well, technically, you don't know the sixty-three. You could sue them, or they could sue you. But
7: it's not that's worth a lot of, of aggravation. You end up costing more than sixty-three bucks.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
2: so that's my
0: point. Thank you for your call. Right, thank and, you. You know, David, I got to give you credit. I'm thinking over thirty years, and folks, I want you to hear this. I can't tell you how many times over thirty years, Attorney Beatrice has said to people uh, that that exact thing. How much is your time worth? In other words, people want to go to battle over these minuscule amounts, and it's just a, it's a headache and aggravation for them and a waste of their time. And the bottom line is sometimes it's just easier to, with these small amounts, settle it and move on with your life. And over 30 years, now, Dave... The
2: problem, though, Ron, is, and that's why they have class action suits, if a corporation rips off 2 million people at a dollar each, it, it's never worth any one of those people to litigate over a dollar, but they're two hundred they're two million dollars in risk from some unscrupulous practice, and that's why we have class action lawsuits.
0: There you go. All right, next call for the attorneys tonight. George, thank you for calling. You're on with attorney Beatrice and DeVecchio. Hello.
4: Yes hello. Uh question is between uh uh let's say a, hypothetically a person acquired a failure-to-control ticket Compare. I guess that's less than a reckless op uh, ticket. Uh, and nowadays, they just send that to you in the mail, and you just pay that. Is there anything that hypothetical person should be on the lookout for or anything? Hypothetically speaking, how can they give you a ticket for failure-to-control through the mail? No, I mean, if this hypothetical person might have been on a motorcycle and... Uh, was sitting at a light, let's say a hypothetical intersection in Boardman, and somehow let us hey, Hypothetically, how didn't the police officer pull them over right then? Just hypothetically. Well, let's speak. say there was no need to pull the person over because the bike went straight up in the air and crash-landed, and they got a ticket, but uh, is there anything, you know, like, this person is just going to okay, pay so the ticket, right? I just That's said it. You don't you have to go to... The, the motorcycle is involved in
2: an accident. Is that what you're saying?
4: Right. And it, what's, okay. You know, only and one person. At is some just-
2: point, the police arrive on the scene, see the- hypothetically. hypothetically, of course, see the crash motorcycle, hypothetically, and then send the owner a ticket for failure to control. Is that what you're saying?
0: Hypothetically, yeah. okay let me ask you let me ask you hypothetically was the owner of the motorcycle taken to the hospital
4: well hypothetically this older man let's say he was uh my age we'll just use my age 67 years old yeah and um let's say hypothetically um the motorcycle was a sport bike, and yeah. it's like instead it was sitting at a light, so he there was no feet involved. It didn't travel any distance, and it didn't travel any speed. This let's just say hypothetically, this bike instead of like a forty-five degree wheelie or a sixty-degree wheelie, it kind of went twelve o'clock high. Yeah, I know. And left know. the ground. Yeah. and landed on them and everything. Hypothetically, by
2: by some mysterious hypothetical force in the air that magnetizes. Well, the you lightning. know, you, you know,
4: I'm trying to just put a story together to get uh, hypothetically, if I have, if I, oops, oops, <laughs> if somebody yeah, has to worry about anything in the, the mail, this
2: hypothetical BS, and probably hypothetically find the owner guilty. Just
0: saying, okay? uh, did, uh, sir, right. sir. Let, let's move on. Did you get a ticket? Yes or no?
4: Yes, but so when they send it in the mail, and obviously they don't go to court anymore because of the pandemics, uh, is there anything to look out for? I mean, is reckless op, uh, operations so more reckless severe off, right? than, than than failure to control? I believe failure to control is two
2: points, right. and reckless office is four points. I believe four or six, I so can remember. OVI, I know it's six. A reckless office four or six, I don't know. I never no, right. looked. I always thought it was three. No, I think it's four. Okay. And then affiliate control could be two points. Does this hypothetical driver have any other points on his license?
4: No, he rode motorcycles for thirty one years and made a rookie mistake right at the end of his career here. But if they, there's nothing else to look out for, I mean just sign, you know, they they send it to you in the no, mail, no, no, no. you just I, sign I, it.
0: And send in your money,
4: okay? Let's set the stage.
2: A police officer comes on the scene, sees a crashed motorcycle and no owner but a license plate, runs the plate, see who the owner is, and then sends the owner a failure to control his motorcycle. The owner then says, I wasn't driving the bike, the bike was stolen, or... Oops! You didn't catch me. I was at the hospital getting my injuries checked out. I mean that happened a lot more than you think. And so I would hypothetically say to you to hypothetically probably pay the ticket because hypothetically, if you were to take that to trial, hypothetically the
4: judge would probably find you guilty. (laughs)
2: Hypothetically
4: hypothetically we won't go to try which it was a, a listen. A, 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 you know the you,
0: driver yeah, yeah you're but getting you're getting on my you're getting on you, my nerves pay the damn ticket okay
4: yeah once you sign it though i mean there's nothing else to look out for i mean that's just it you're signing it's done it's over and
0: there you go good luck good god on uh, news radio fine he probably was he, he, yeah i hypothetically have a headache after listening to that guy <laughs> Uh, And uh, that guy was probably looking at the woman with the windows going up and down and a Buick, which was right next to him, is probably watching these windows go up and down with some old lady's car and lost control of his motorcycle. Probably, hypothetically, before this program is done, I could very well be addicted to Oxycontin. I, uh, hypothetically, I could because I'm I am in deep pain here as I go along. Joe News Radio five seventy WKBV, and you're on the air. Hello there.
3: You know, um, hypothetically, that lady that had the window problem, yes, going up and down, yes, uh, yeah. It sounds like to
7: me like she accidentally left her windows down on a bad rain and water saturated the controls, and that's what the companies are going to say.
0: All right. I mean, I, uh, in all reality, uh, j- it, w- with that situation, if you go see the service manager and you say the windows are going up and down intermittently and he doesn't find a code for it, more than likely they'll, uh, they'll probably look at what you said and try to figure out why that's happening if she isn't hitting some buttons. Uh, right, well, and, and, and,
7: that's usually the cause because the water is shorting out the controls.
0: All right. So she needs to convince the service guy to take a look at it then, right?
7: Yeah, yeah, I would say so.
0: All right. Thank you for your expertise. Like
7: the car show. Okay.
0: All right. No, I mean, it's just, you you almost got offended a little bit, Dave, but whenever you get somebody 80-something years old in, I know this sounds terrible, in some of the cars with some of the features they have on today, things uh, are hap- You better
2: watch because we're closer to 80 than we are. <laughs> Dave, Dave, I'm not.
0: I, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about anybody else but us. So, uh, but the, the, you know, in
2: eighteen years. That's going to be me, Ron. All right, and, and, and in and about it. Windows going up. <laughs> Ron and I'll be sitting next to each other at a red light. Look. My windows aren't working. How about you, bro?
0: (laughs) Well, I'll be worried about your boat. Let's just put it that way when you're 80 years old and what happens there. Let's go next to Eric. You're on with Attorney Beatrice and to DeVecchio. Go ahead, please.
8: Uh, Good evening. Uh, I have a question about uh, how do you know if you're a part of a a class action suit? And I'll give you the background. Five years ago, the Pro Football Hall of Fame canceled their game, and I had tickets to it, and – uh, they sent me a thing, an email, and, uh, you know, actually telling me that I could get my money back for my tickets if I signed a waiver saying that I wouldn't sue them. Well, I didn't want to do that because I'm not real happy with them the way they did that. Long story short, they have paid, I guess, out of the 22,000 or so that Fawcett Stadium holds over there in Canton, um, 20,000, i roughly took their money and signed the paper. Well, there's like, from last I saw on, a, you know, that, that there was like around 2,000 of us, but I haven't been contacted by anybody. I call the Hall of Fame annually and ask for my money back, and they tell me to sign the paper, and I don't sign the paper. And so I'm just wondering how, because I'll tell you who the attorney was. If if there was a class action suit, you'd be notified. Okay. Because the attorney that was originally saying a lot of things about it was the attorney that was representing the Whatever that lady that was making charges against Trump when he was running for president, and he himself has gotten in trouble. I can't remember his name, he's from the West Coast. And then I just didn't know who took it over, but I mean, yeah, that's it. And um, I mean, I just don't understand why five years later we haven't had some kind. I mean, Uh, I I call,
2: guess what happened in that five year period?
8: Not much, I imagine.
2: Oh, you're you're stacked.
0: What happened, Dave?
2: What's the statute on a written contract? Six years? I thought it was seven. So you have a statute of limitations. The buying of the tickets is considered a written contract.
0: So we only okay. have so many
2: years to sue them. What else did you want to sue them for besides the cost of the ticket?
8: Well, I mean, just missing a day of work and um, taking a day off of work and then gas and, I mean, just incidentals like that. Did I mean, I don't want a million dollars. You didn't go to the game. I I was at the game. I was sitting there waiting, and the game was canceled. You were sitting there waiting in
0: the stands, and
8: Uh, and the game was
0: canceled. Refresh my memory. Why did they cancel that game? I don't remember.
8: Well, the the night before, they had the enshrinement ceremonies, and they played wood on the field, and it was a field that was brought up from the New Orleans Superdome. It was one of those plastic, it was the artificial turf. Well, the next morning and overnight, actually, they painted all the logos on it, and they used the wrong paint, and the paint dry or wouldn't dry, so they brought heat out, and they started to dry the paint, and it turned rock hard. Then they brought out these bristles, and they just just destroyed the field by trying to get all this paint back off the field, and they realized they could not play the game because it would injure the players, and they knew that that very morning, and, you know, it was just like, why, you know, they let everybody into the stadium to buy food, to buy foam fingers, and do all these things like that, instead of that morning...
2: Right. If no one brought the suit, you could sue the NFL in small claims court in Canton. Okay. For the cost right. of the ticket, your room and your gas, and I guess you know if you have receipts for the hot dog or whatever you bought at the stadium. They're,
0: well, uh, taking
2: a day off work.
0: Yeah. Is there any way, Dave, he can get compensated for the fo- for the foam finger that <laughs> for the foam finger that he purchased for, uh, for his favorite oh, no, team?
1: Of all thing. I don't know.
0: No. Compensated
1: for the day of work. I don't know if that would be a competitive. And if you game. take the phone finger home, you're not going to get compensated for that either. You yeah.
8: Okay. Yeah. That was, that, that was theoretical. That was I would hypothetical. You can sign the paper and get your money. Lick your money All right. And go.
0: I don't know why you wouldn't just take the refund on the tickets and move on with your life. I'm sorry, caller. Thank you. Thank you. Some some people.
2: The $20 in gas.
0: Well, I mean, okay, so uh, listen the situation happened where they couldn't have the game, they're willing to refund the money to the tickets, that it it was beyond their control, and he's not happy with that. I think I would take the money and move on with my life once again. Would you agree with that, Attorney Beatrice? I would agree with that, Ron. And what would you do, Dave, with the foam foam finger?
2: (laughs) 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 As Mark says, he got consideration for the foam finger, so it's still usable. You know that's whatever the you er, might use a foam figure
0: for it's so, the well, you yeah, know, it's that's the, yeah. it's the big number one foam finger that you have, which right. you know what I would do I would give it to the old lady who has a car window problem so that she could wear that big <laughs> foam finger when she's driving to adjust the car windows that's what i'd that's what I'd be doing
2: I don't uh, know if they have a code for that Ron. we'd have to check
0: <laughs> okay what are you talking about tomorrow morning on w f m j today uh so Justin is doing it because
2: um, believe it or not, there's one Friday I'd like to sleep in. Okay. So I'm going to sleep in tomorrow, and uh, I believe I talked to CVC, and he and Justin did agree on the topic, and I it just slips my mind. Are right you going into the studio? No, they're still doing. Time.
0: All right. So tune. Uh, so to, July
2: <laughs> first, I'll be back into the studio though.
0: There you go. Thank you, Attorney Beatrice. Thank you, Attorney DeVecchio. You guys have a great night. Thank you both.